Hi, welcome to City Scene with Mayor Mike Cahill. I'm your host, Walt Kosmowski, and I would like to welcome our Mayor, Mike Cahill, to the show. Your Honor. Hey, Walt. Good to see you. Good to see you again. And uh, I know that you've just come into the studio from outside where the spring weather, although it's a little bit wet, yeah. spring is in the air, and with that comes road work. <laughs> okay. Can you, uh, can you share with our viewers some of the updates? I know there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, in the city. Uh, give us an update on the 1A project, on the Brimble Avenue project, and I know that there are some other planned street pavings. Maybe you can tell us about that as well. So sure. 1A maybe. Sure. Um, first, you're right. As we sit here, it's a little rainy out, but by the time this airs, it's going to be sunny and springy. <laughs> Let's and, hope so. And, you know, we, we've had some paving that was, that was scheduled to start yesterday morning, Monday, yeah. which because of the rain, we've had to hold off on. And so now we're chasing potholes. So I just would say to people, you know, whether it's rainy, whether it's sunny, whether it's May or August or whatever, you know, please be patient with our road work. Please drive safely. Drive safely everywhere and at all times, but particularly through the construction zones because we've got people working in the active, active construction, and we don't want anyone to get flat tires or mess up the front end of their cars. So we all have to be careful. The good thing about road work is when the jobs are done, the roads are much, much better. Much better. Um, so let's keep focused on that. Uh, the 1A project, which runs from the Beverly-Salem Bridge all the way up Rintoul Street, then Cabot, past Dairy Queen to in front of where the new Beverly Middle School will be, uh, where the former Memorial School is no longer. Um, <laughs> so that project, it's a big one. It started last fall with a lot of um, drainage work under the street where they, they put in new drainage lines. Uh, and now the full depth reconstruction is, has begun. And that's what's going to happen the whole length of the corridor. Taking all the, level, all the pavement out, down, get all the way down underneath, and, and rip up all the sidewalks and curbing and do it all over. Wow. Uh, right now they're working between the front of the new middle school building and Gloucester Crossing. Right. And that'll be the focus of the work until probably late June. Okay. When they're done with that, then they'll start down at the bottom end of Rantoul, by the Beverly-Salem Bridge and oh, work okay. up and come back the other way for most of the rest of this calendar okay. year. Uh -huh. Now, the total project will be done by October of next year. It's essentially... 2017. Yeah, essentially okay. two full construction seasons. Okay. Um, and it's being, you know, phased and segmented. So it's, as I mentioned, the length of Rantoul, Cabot, also that piece of Elliott from the Walgreens and CVS up to Supersub is being redone. Okay. And on Cabot, from Gloucester Crossing up to the corner of Pickett Street is being redone as well. Okay. Up past Bessie Baker uh, baseball field. Okay. So that's the scope of the project and it'll be ongoing for the next year and a half. Right. Now, do mention to our viewers that, that the city is not paying for any of this, correct? This is a state project. Uh... Right. Um, with, with this federal and state money that we get through the, the TIP process, the Transportation Improvement Plan, which is a state plan, uh, it's federal and state money that builds the roads. Right. We, the city, had to pay for the engineering, right? And that's how that's that's how they work. It cities and towns pay for the engineering costs. They get approved to get on the tip, and then when the when the funding's so available a, for construction, yeah, that's an that's an easy investment, right? <laughs> and this is about a twenty million dollar job right. of, of state and federal money, right? And it, it will be from you know storefront or you know front of, of people's lawns, sidewalk curbing and and street pavement, and there will be bike lanes when we're done. There'll be a lot of improvements, some uh, some bump outs to narrow. Uh, at intersections so it, you don't have to walk as far from right. one side of the street to the other through on a crosswalk. So a lot of, so a lot of safety improvements as well. All right. So uh, now tell us about the Brimble Avenue uh, interchange mm -hmm. project. Uh. 
So the Brimble Ave project, which has been funded with a, a state economic development grant, that MassWorks grant, about $5 million, um, that is where you get off the highway at exit 19 at Sawyer Road and Brimble Ave, northbound. It's the two new roundabouts, and it's the paving a bit of the way up, up Sawyer Road and then up uh, Brimble all the way to the Herrick Street, interse Herrick Street Extension right. intersection, which is being signalized. Um, we're on target for that job to finish this summer and uh, working hard every day with the, with the contractor to make sure it does. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say one of, the, one of the real benefits of being in a, in a good economy is that there's more federal and state money for road projects, that we at the local level have more capacity to put our own money to, to you know, yeah. local road and sidewalk work. Um, and it can mean that there's a lot going on at once. Yeah. The flip side is when the economy isn't good, there's not money to spend on these road and sidewalk improvements, and so things, you know, right. are let go. So we, you know, we, we're taking full advantage of the fact that the resources are there. We're doing as much work right. as we can. As you know, we're putting, in addition to the 1A project and the Brimble Ab project, we're putting about $3 million of our own money right. into our own local roads and sidewalks. And, and that list of streets that are going to be done this year will appear on the engineering page of our city website soon. Um, no surprises. They're, they've been in, in queue, and they're, they're right. projects that we've you know, been looking to yeah. get to. An example is Grover Street in Centerville from Essex Street a little ways down to about Walker Road. Right. That's one that's been on tap. We've got work going on um, really in, in all wards all around the city. Right. And that, and that list that the city puts on the website was the result of a lot of people asking and saying, when is my road going to be done, and how, you know, what's the picking order, what's, the, what's the, uh, the priority list? And I must say to you that mm -hmm. Uh, I, I take that roundabout, that, that two series of that's to here to the studio to Bethcam every single day. And I must tell you that uh, I, it, it is easy. And I used to always struggle with those left-hand uh, turns, as everybody did. This is so much easier. I haven't had a single problem, a single issue uh, since, they, since they put it in. Well, thanks. And when the project's done, I, I, you know, our goal is that every movement will be intuitive and easy to understand. It has been challenging where the project's been partially done and with yeah. the winter coming, we had to activate the roundabouts and, and, you know, so there have been challenges with that. But as the work gets completed, as the islands get fully construct constructed, as the uh, signage and the, um, the, pa the painted lines and directionals right. in the roadway, everything will become that much more intuitive. And, and as people get more comfortable driving roundabouts, recognize who has right of way, who, right who doesn't, that's be the it, big you know, thing, it yeah. all flows. I think you know that um, those T intersections with a stop sign and all these left turns across lanes of traffic have been challenging for years and years, and there is a be much better flow with the roundabout. Absolutely, yeah. Now, uh, Your Honor, we, we know that um, you are very passionate about the city's playgrounds and mm -hmm. beaches, and of course last year the, the, the hallmark event, I think, was the, this wildly successful splash pad that was put up in in Lynch Park. Can you tell us, are there any other projects uh, on, on the board now for our beaches and, uh, and our, uh, and our parks uh, mm -hmm. for this summer? Yes, uh, so several, several projects. Ellis Square, right in downtown next to the right. Unitarian Church. Um, that is construction on rebuilding Ellis Square is a much, much more enjoyable and usable park uh, is, is gonna kick off in the next couple months and will be, will be you know, completed later this year. Um, it's all poured concrete and pavement. It's not really welcoming. Yeah. So it, it, it'll be redone as, as a, a little you know, downtown pocket park. And then, and then the hope is that we'll program it and have a lot of activity going on there. Um, 
Dane Street and Lynch Park. This was a, 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 a grant that Bruce Doig, our, our director of um, community services and park and rec, he got the city and it's, um, it's to put handicapped ramps down to the water. And I've seen this done in other communities and it's a wonderful thing. So people who are not as, you know, not fully ambulatory, can't walk down to the, to the water, can get to the water and enjoy, you know, going in. Okay. So they're, and, and they're, they're, you know, somebody can be in their own wheelchair and they can switch over to a, a you know, water, waterproof oh, really? yeah. okay. chair that'll be there and go in and enjoy the, the ocean. So that'll happen both at Lynch over to the, um, the Woodbury Beach, to, just to the right of the parking lot, and at Dane Street. I'm not sure exactly where they're bringing it down, but bringing it down to the water there as well. Um, two other things. The place at right at staying at Dane Street, um, Josie Marino. Um, right, we had her on, and you know she's done an amazing job with a right. lot of a lot of supporters in raising money in honor in memory of and honor daughter, of her daughter, yeah. um, and to to put a whole new play structure in there. And as I understand it, in the next couple of weeks, um, the the several different structures will be delivered, and there'll be a build day. I think. It's weeks from now yeah there'll be a build day where professionals come in and, and you know instruct the, all the volunteers and how to put the, the equipment together right. so that'll be brand new and enjoyable the last thing on, on parks is and this is a simple one the park right next to city hall beautiful beautiful park gets very little use yeah so we put in a, a little botchy court not a court we didn't dig it up and put a full court we put in a couple botchy end boxes and we're also getting some cornhole games and people will be able to, starting next week, be able to come into City Hall, go to uh, June Kelly, the receptionist at City Hall on the first floor, hand over their driver's license and take a bocce kit or, or a bunch of cornhole bean bags and go out and enjoy <laughs> and play right, right enjoy next playing to City on the Hall. front lawn at City Hall. Yeah. And it's just a way to activate a public space and get people to be outside and enjoying and using you know, using our beautiful public spaces, and that's a beautiful park. Maybe the city councilors can use, uh, maybe they could do cornhole and decide how to vote on, on, on issues. Yeah, that's your idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, switching topics uh, uh, a little bit, uh, I am a, a member of the, um, of the city's Economic and Community Development Committee, the mm -hmm. so-called ECDC, and of course, <clears throat> we, we get privy to a lot of uh, development projects and things kind of, kind of ahead of the curve. Um, and maybe you could tell us about the... Um, uh, one of the interesting things that's happened, there are a lot of interesting job creation, economic development things happening, mm -hmm. but the city will be hosting an economic development summit, I think mm -hmm. June 1st. Tell us about that and what's, what, 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 are your, what are the city's <coughs> expectations with that? Sure. Um, secretary Ash, the state secretary of economic development and housing, he, we, we've been working with him regularly for some time and uh, last late summer, early fall, he was here. We, we showed him around at some of our opportunities and we hit on the idea of this economic summit. And what he recognized is, you know, the city has what they call gateway, I'm sorry, the state has what they call gateway cities. Mm -hmm. Some of the cities that face, you know, really significant challenges, cities like Lawrence and Lynn and Holyoke and Fall River and others, um, and they're called gateway cities. They get a lot of the state's resources and a lot of their focus and attention. He recognizes that a, a small city like Beverly has, has, you know, we have a lot going for us. But we also have need for support and help right. in promoting our economic opportunities. And so we came up with the idea of the summit. So the secretary and his office are co-sponsoring it with us. And the plan is to have a couple of hundred um, developers, um, investors, realtors, uh, financial institutions, 
from around the region, not just within the state, but right. throughout the region, um, to come to Beverly and get, get a chance to see what we have to offer, what opportunities we have with our downtown. And as we all know, we've got two mile-long main streets in our downtown. Um, you know, we've got the harbor front, we've got the Bass River corridor, which we'll, we'll talk a bit about uh, our efforts to rezone. We've got our um, commercial industrial opportunities up along, Cherry, you know, along the highway, Cherry Hill uh, Park, um, Sawyer Road, Tozer Road, Brimble, Otis, Dunham, that whole sector. Right. Uh, and opportunities for people who, to invest in creating jobs and bringing you know, more, more wealth into the community. Um, so that's the goal of that day, is mm -hmm. for us to showcase who we are okay. and get more people interested in investing their resources and their dreams in Beverly. Now this is, I believe, the, uh, June 1st is a Wednesday, I believe. Um, and it is being held at the Cabot Center for Performing Arts, right? And, and this is a, an invitation by invitation, but can, can the average Beverly citizen just show up there uh, if there's room or how Well, there that? are 800 plus seats. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a by invitation event in, in terms of trying to bring out the, um, you know, the people for, who aren't necessarily plugged into Beverly who mm -hmm. want to see what we have to offer. But certainly anybody who wants to stop in and listen is welcome to. Okay, and I know BevCam will be there with, uh, with a, a crew, with a, a camera or two, and we'll document this, and, and then we'll create a program which will air on BevCam uh, in, uh, after that's completed. Um, well, thank you for that, Mike. Uh, now, also, uh, as far as ECDC activities, um, uh, we uh, evaluated a couple proposals from two companies called Krona and Hi-Res for TIFFs, uh, they're bringing their manufacturing operations here to Beverly, to the Cherry Hill area. Mm -hmm. Talk about these companies, talk about what a TIF is for our viewers that may not mm -hmm. understand, and talk about the benefits mm -hmm. of bringing these kinds of companies and just in general expanding that manufacturing base here in Beverly. That's a long answer you're asking for. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, what a TIF anticipates, it's, it's, it's a tool and a toolbox that cities and towns in the state have to attract businesses and job creation. Um, so when you approve and award a TIF to a company, they commit to making certain investments in the community, creating more value in the property. And in, in the case of both Krona and Hi-Res, they're building you know, significantly right. um, greater physical plant buildings on these sites than are already there. Right. So they're increasing the property values, which will increase the property, the assessed, the assessed value and the property taxes that we can collect as a city. Uh, they also commit to creating new jobs. Um, and the TIF is essentially a forbearance of new taxes. So, you know, they, they pay a tax bill of A on a property today. Then they make new investments and build a new building, and the assessed value will go up. What, what the TIF anticipates, and both of these TIFs, and, and last night the city council approved the high-res TIF. They had approved the Krona TIF some months ago. Both of these TIFs uh, are 10-year TIFs. They provide a 10% break in the first three years, a 7.5% break in the next three years, and a 5% break for the last four years. Um, what it means in application for high-res. High-res is going to bring the city. These are based on, on uh, projections. So they're planning to invest about $11.5 million in building a brand-new building on a parcel of land up at Cherry Hill that's been vacant since it, right. since it was you know, created, uh, since the industrial park was created. So significant new value in the property. They're also looking to go from about 100 jobs they have now, and they're in Woburn now, moving to Beverly, 100 jobs they have now to about 260 jobs in Beverly. 
So job creation and, and new value in the property. We will take, under the projected numbers, we'll take about $2.6 million in new property taxes over the next 10 years from their investment. They'll keep about 200000 So we'll take about 2.6, they'll keep about 200. Yep. And what it means annually is that they, they get a, somewhere from a 25000 down to about a $20,000 break in taxes each year of those 10 years. But it's not taxes that are already being paid, it's the new value created. We're just going to delay a bit on some small portion right. of each year. Right. And that, that helped them make their decision to invest in Beverly as opposed to some other community. Some other. And they were looking at, at several communities. Right. Uh, as Secretary Ash said to me, he said, you know, this is a, a positive for the city in so many ways. And it says to the life sciences industry that Beverly wants you here. And, and, and the jobs that they're creating at high-res, the jobs they already have. Yeah. High-res, real, real quickly, um, they design and manufacture robotics equipment for use in medical testing laboratories. Yeah. So all the, all the pharmaceutical companies, uh, research hospitals and research medical schools, they're all clients. Right. They're yeah. all customers of high-res. And it's amazing the, the work they do, and they have done since they were formed in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there when when we got the presentation from them in City Hall, their their uh, client list looks like a who's who of the of the pharmaceutical and, and medical diagnostic. Mm -hmm. Now, sure over and above the tax implications, the mm -hmm. fact that you'll have these people, these people are going to have to shop. They're going to have to buy buy uh, mm -hmm. perhaps uh, buy homes or rent homes, and and all this economic activity. And these are these are not low paying jobs. These are tell us about the the. the that a little bit. Yeah, right? we saw a breakdown last night. There are some entry-level jobs that'll pay fifty-five thousand to a hundred thousand, but they also probably a majority of the new jobs that they're creating will be a hundred thousand and up. Yeah, um, they're heavy on um, on engineering. Right. Uh, and interestingly, as they design these robots, the software engineering piece of it is critically important because they got to program in all the all the tasks, all the movements. Right. That the, the robotic yeah, arms. The robotic, are, are yes, gonna, exactly. Gonna, yeah. Uh, perform. There's one they showed us where they, they get this, you know, refrigeration unit and they've got all these trays that have samples. Maybe it's tissue samples, uh, organ samples of, you know, they, they get a test for different diseases and the robotic arm pulls the tray out and brings it over and puts it into an aspiration machine where this aspiration equipment will drop the same, you know, meter yeah. dose mm -hmm. of this same solution in every tray and then when it's done, it pulls the robotic arm, pulls the trail, puts it over here, goes another tray. Yep. So that's the kind of, of, of equipment that they design and yep. use. Yep. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about the, the 1A project ending at the, at the old municipal building, which is no longer there. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, the new middle school will be, uh, will be mm -hmm. uh, transferred there in 2018, correct, in September. So that leaves the Briscoe uh, as being um, surplus, if I can use that word. But you have created a uh, MBRC, a Municipal Building Reuse committee, which mm -hmm. I think had its first meeting just, just recently. Tell us about that committee and tell us, is, is, there, sure. is there charter beyond just Briscoe or is that primarily what they're beginning to be working on? Well, we're taking a look at City Hall, the police station in Briscoe. The question is, do we end up keeping all, all three assets? Uh, do we end up needing to surplus one and, and sell it? There, there had been an assumption or an expectation that Briscoe would be sold and maybe we will. Maybe that's the right decision, but we want to look at all three of the buildings first. If there's a way to um, 
to modernize and, and rehab Briscoe in a, in a more you know, economical, cost-effective way. Uh, it could be a great site for City Hall, the new police station, and all the um, uh, school department administrative offices. Right. Um, then again, it may be that Briscoe would cost far too much for us to, to do anything with but sell. And I, I just don't know the answer yet. Uh, we do know that we need a new police station. It's the next capital project after the middle school. Um, and we also know that City Hall has not been large enough for years to house all the municipal offices. We have municipal offices in the GAR building, up at the airport, right. at, at the senior center. We have the health department, um, the rec department offices. And likewise, the police They're department is spread apart. Well, yeah. and, the, and the police department, um, you know, the criminal investigations division is now up at the airport. Many of these offices were at Memorial, but they had to move out right. as Memorial was getting ready to be taken down. Um, so, you know, it, it may be that um, as we look this over carefully, we decide Briscoe needs to be sold, um, in which case then we're, we're talking about brand new construction for a new police station and perhaps the current police station gets renovated to be, you know, part of City Hall uh, eventually. But the, those are the questions. We had an initial meeting, very talented group of people, a good number of volunteers and some key department heads from the city who all got together and, um, and met at the library. You folks taped the, that, right. that first meeting and identified so many action items that we said we're, we're not going to schedule a second meeting until all the department heads that need to get to work on these action items can get the materials back. So we're, we're targeting late May, early June for second meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of really important information that people need to have in front of them to make a thoughtful and, and, and sound decision about where we go with these buildings. Mm -hmm. If we, for example, were to move City Hall to Briscoe, we'd have to make sure that there is a next use for City Hall that's going to be something that supports and is, and is, is really um, complementary with the downtown. Could City Hall be an inn at some point and flourish? Now, it may be a moot point because Briscoe may not be viable for our needs. With but bocce ball courts right next door. <laughs> hey, you know, that, that could be a premium right there on, on the rooms. Well, thank you for that, Mike. Now, now you mentioned earlier when we were talking about some of the development projects, um, it, this is sort of a longer-term project, the so-called Bass River Project. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe you could give us kind of a 30,000-foot view of the, the scope and the, and the time frame of this project, and mm -hmm. I'll ask our control room uh, to put up a little image uh, of, of what you'll be, you'll be talking about here. So we'll see that in a, in a second. Okay. Um, so in the city's master plan, there's talk of, of um, transit-oriented development in the downtown. Um, we have been, and, and then the, the prior administration did some work with, a, preliminarily did some work with the Bass River rezoning. Uh, so we picked it back up, and, and you can see on the screen, um, the bottom of the screen, you actually see the, the, the train bridge and, and, the, the, um, and the Beverly Salem Bridge coming over right. the harbor. And then what you see is our downtown. And as, as I think we all understand, our downtown is surrounded on three sides by water. And to the left is the Bass River. There's a, there's a green line that's meant, you could call it a very, very sloppy rectangle, right? Yeah. Um, that shows the area that we're... That we're um, Kind of on the east side of the Bass River. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. area shows a currently zoned area. Yeah. Uh, what, we, what we're looking at is just the parcels of land from the National Grid property up through the Boldermat uh, along River Street. And that, so it's really just River Street addresses. It's not anything else. It's not Park Street or, any, or, or anything over that side. 
It's just the River Street addresses between National Grid and Volomat. Uh, and so we're in the process of we've had some public meetings and some uh, meetings with different stakeholders, you know, businesses, residents in that area uh, around a proposed rezoning, you know, draft uh, ordinance. And that would uh, call for mixed redevelop mixed use redevelopment with a, a real prioritization of housing. And by housing, we're talking about transit-oriented development housing right. right there. You know, you think about living across the street from the train station and looking out on the Bass River, and you've got a, you've got yeah. a real winner of, of an opportunity. Uh, and this transit-oriented development, it's, it's where we need to go as a city. It's where the region needs to go so that you can create needed housing without bringing in a lot of extra vehicles. Right, exactly. You know, people living in, in a setting like that are more likely to have maybe a couple might have one car instead of two. Maybe a couple will have no cars or a young individual, young you know, uh, uh, business person will have no cars. They'd rather have a zip car membership, which they'll, you know, we already have some of those in the T garage and there'll be more as the demand rises. Um, and people with cars won't use them every day. That's the other thing. Yeah. If, you know, if you're commuting in and out of Boston from you know, 10 feet from the front steps of, of your dwelling, you know, where you live, you may not use your car all yeah. week long. You may only use it on the weekend. Yeah. So that's kind of you know the, the future for, uh, for I think you know housing along, along commuter rail and, and transit lines, and for us in Beverly, it's a way to bring um, more residents into our downtown, which helps support the growth of our downtown, kind of regrowth of our downtown retail and and, and restaurant and and nightlife. Right. right. So it's it's a smart way to bring in more residential uh, uh, units, more people, but at the same time keeping the 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 uh, increase in in uh, car traffic and 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 uh, and the and the pressure on the highways and roadways down. So it's a, a, a smart growth. And it's a proposed rezoning, which means that people who already own properties there and have businesses, if they choose, they can keep on doing what they're doing. Yeah. They have the right to do so. Um, if at some point they decide that you know they want to redevelop, or somebody wants to. Uh, pay them for their property to redevelop, then that may be where you know where things transition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that, for sure. that, Mike. Now, uh, I <clears throat> I heard recently that the the city's bond rating mm -hmm. ha has been uh, reviewed, and it was it, it came up very favorably by the rating agency. <clears throat> Can you elaborate on that? What is our bond rating, and, and what what does that mean for the average mm -hmm. citizen mm -hmm. of of Beverly? Sure. Well, our bond rating is double A plus, which is a very strong rating. Uh, and the stronger your bond rating, the lower the lower the interest rates that you can borrow at, that you can you know issue long term debt at. Um, and you know we have been, as a city, we have been both aggressively and responsibly investing in our infrastructure for the last 25, 30 years. Um, you know we've done significant work. Um, on public buildings, a lot of school projects, as you know, the middle school that we're building now will, will be the, you know, the, the crowning achievement. It's the last piece. We've done the elementaries, we've done the high school, and now this is the middle school. Uh, we've done significant work on the library and city hall, uh, and there's more to do. Um, so a strong bond rating allows you to borrow at lower rates. Yeah. Um, part of why our rating is strong is that Bryant Ailes, our finance director, and his team have been doing a tremendous job uh, for us, and um, our outside audits have shown over years that there are certain steps that should be taken to strengthen our 
you know, our financial oversight and our systems, and we've been working hard to put all those in place, uh, you know, as many each year as we can. And we're getting, you know, great feedback and, um, and acclaim for doing that from both our outside auditor each year and the bond rating agency. Mm -hmm. So it's, we're in a good place right now with, with our bond rating, and it is, and it, it is very important. Yeah. So one way of looking at it is, is like a credit score for, for an individual mm -hmm. for a home. So it allows sure. you to borrow at, at lower rates and so forth. And, and they, they also check our reserves. And, you know, we've been working hard to build reserves and to ensure that, you know, during a good time we're building them. And so as, as, the, as, as, as economies ebb and flow, we're, uh, we're in a position where we'll be ready to withstand that next downturn. And, and, and that's what they look to see is that we've, you know, socked it away and we're ready to, you know, and we've got the right type of... Uh, expenditures in place. An example, going back to the paving work, right. you know, I said when the economy's not as good, not as much paving work happens. Well, partly at the local level, it's because we're investing now because we can, knowing that that, that line item can be cut when it needs to be without laying anybody off, without cutting services that people are, are counting on. Yeah. Well, I, I know we're just about out of time, and we've covered quite a few topics here today. Uh, Mayor, and I'd like to thank you again, and I'd like to uh, let our viewers know that you've been watching City Scene with uh, Mayor Mike Cahill. I'm your host, Walt Kosmowski. Thank you for viewing.